How you living? Okay. Well, at least, you, at least. If I'd have picked some of the people uh, who wouldn't be here this morning watching the Chiefs, I'd have got it wrong. <laughs> the the, the Chiefs fans are here, and the casual fans are home, huh? That's yeah. Right. What we got down here was, is, and I got an ear that's plugged up so I can't hear, so if I talk loud or not, just, do, just kind of do the best you can. When I started looking at this and I read this, I called a... Kyle in, and I wanted to go up to verse 1 and come down so that you'll know what we're talking about. Because there's one of the things that bothers me. The Bible is written to Christian folks, church folks. And Paul is giving us some direction of how we ought to live our lives. That's right. And if there's any time now where we're totally confused with all of the hate and anger and, and I don't like these people and that people and these and all this stuff, it's, 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 it's just a little bit too much. And uh, I was looking, this has nothing to do with it, I was looking up, there are 17 different names that people want to call themselves now. And one of the ones is, they're called uh, cat people. Yeah, and these kids eat food out of a bowl. And they're called cat people. Hold it, and then we got all these other groups. So, so I get confused, okay, with all of the name calling and what group you want to be called. So I just called people God's people. And I'm called to love all people. You, you understand what I'm saying? And we'll let him sort out who, who's who. You see, because I've learned in my life that the things that's going to shock me uh, in heaven for most people, uh, people you there, number one. And second, there'll be somebody there that you didn't think would be there. Right. And there won't be somebody there you thought would be there. So I'm just kind of one that thinks that we ought to try to live a, a godly life and live with the spirit of Christ in our heart and learn to do as God would do, love folks. And so I get confused with that. So I just say, sister, hey, brother. You know, because we're not, we're not a church. We're so busy over here learning how to pull the weeds out of our own garden that we ain't got time to be trying to pull weeds out of somebody else's. Amen. You ever know? And it is strange. Uh, there's a, if you go around there, up the blocks up there, there's two signs out there, and one of them's talking about painting the house, and the other's talking about yard work. And they're the ugliest houses on the block. But they got a sign out there in front of their house. Have you ever seen that? Yeah, and you're like, well, you ain't taking care of your own house. I don't know if I want you to deal with my work. Right. Do you understand? Right. And so we, we, what we want to do in here is clean up our own personal life. That's right. Does that make sense, what I'm saying? And uh, because I'm telling you, you don't know what God's plan is for somebody that you don't understand where they're at now. Right? You know, a, a lot of things that, you know, I'm a fun type guy, you know, because a, a lot of things that are first are not first. Uh, it's kind of, have, uh, Joel Osteen does it. He tells jokes before 
so I can say silly stuff. He's bigger than me. That's right. You know, I, I was laughing at somebody once, and they were talking about President Obama being the first African-American uh, president, and you know he's biracial, really. And I said, if you think President Obama was the first biracial person, you're crazy. <laughs> there was somebody up there, they just didn't tell you about the buy. <laughs> Come on. Come on, oh yeah. Because some folks you didn't know, you see. So we, we get too much into that stuff instead of into what we are here to do. You know, uh, uh, Israel and Palestinians and that other group, there's no place in here where it says kill anybody. That's right. I don't care. There's no place in here where it says kill anybody. But we got to get it right here, people. Because America, Sometimes we are so busy looking at what's going there and we got a mess over here. Amen. Do you understand? And then so Christians are supposed to be an example for other folks. That's right. And there are some people that I know uh, that should never even be an example. Because people are looking at their life. Keep it plain. And we're going to, we're going to talk about that in here because this church, we're a loving church. And the first thing we love is God, second ourselves, and our families, and our church family. That's right. That's right. And then everybody else. Because, and I can prove that by scripture because the scripture says, help all those you can. And then it says, starting with what? The household of faith. That's right. Then the others. So here we go. Peter's really trying to explain to these people. You know, he knew the Jewish part very good, and he's trying to explain this, and I'm going to repeat myself a lot because we want to be solid in here. Okay? All right? We're going to be reading from 1 Peter chapter 2. I'm going to start with verse 1. And I just figured that out about 10 minutes ago. So and he makes it, it written, okay? He makes it real plain. First line. So, clean house. Clean house. That's how he starts. That's where you start. Clean house. Clean house. Make a clean sweep. And a what kind of sweep? A clean sweep. Clean sweep. You got to get, get in the corners. Get in the corners. All right. He says, make a clean sweep of malice and pretense, envy and hurtful talk. You've had a taste of God. All right. Envy and hurtful talk. That's called gossip. You see, if you want to tell somebody's business, tell your own. If you don't want to tell your own, stay out of everybody else's. There you go. All right. This book's telling us. Hurtful talk. Don't never say nothing that can hurt or damage another human being. That's right. All right? Again, you've had a taste of God. Now, like infants at the breast, drink deep of God's pure kindness. In other words, he says you get drink from God's pure kindness. You know how you know how God's kind saved? How you know, Pastor? You saved? Huh. I ain't got to say nothing else, do I? All right, keep going. He says, then you'll grow up mature and whole in God. And that's what we want to do at Christ Tip of North. We want to grow up mature and whole in God. So we got to leave all this other stuff alone. Get, get away from all that stuff. You know? You, you know, there's a scripture. Everyone in here probably didn't know it, okay? Probably didn't know it, but you've murdered somebody. Because the Bible says, he who lies 
on his, on his brother is a murderer. Yeah. So we got to be careful what we say, careful what we do. This thing here is a troublemaker. That's right. And it'll get you in a lot of trouble, all right? Then he says, welcome to the living stone, the source of life. Welcome to who? The living stone. The living stone, the source of life. And you know who the living stone is? The source of life is Jesus Christ. That's right. All right? The workman took one look and threw it out. But some people took one look and threw it out. And there are churches that do it. Yeah, they are. There are churches that do it. That's right. They got the eye, the big eyes, the little U's, the little U's, big eyes, and they throw it, they just throw that out there. You see? There are churches that certain people can't go to. Preaching about a God anybody can. What kind of sense does that make? Are y'all with me? All right. He says, God said it in the place of honor. Okay. So present yourselves as building stones for the construction of a sanctuary, vibrant so with Who's life. supposed to be a sanctuary? We are. Who? We are. Who are? We are. Look up the word sanctuary when you get home. That's what you're supposed to be. You see? You're, you're a sanctuary. The Bible even says your body is the temple of the what? Holy Ghost. Holy Spirit. Well, the Holy Spirit ain't got a lot of room in some folk because it's full up of too much junk. That's right. He wants the whole thing. That's right. All right. Again, a sanctuary vibrant with life in which you'll serve as holy priests. And offering we're, we'll serve as what? Holy priests. As what? Holy priests. He's talking about you. He's talking about me. That's what we're supposed to be. You see, there's too much influence put on these folks in the pulpit. The only difference between you and I are I have a gift to pastor. Same rules go for you, same rules go for me. That's right. You understand what I'm saying? Yes. You're, you all are the ministers. Mm -hmm. People come to church because of folks sitting in the pews. That's right. Sometimes they leave the church because of folks sitting in the pews. That's you right. see what I'm saying? That's right. Not because of me, as great as I am. <laughs> I thought I'd throw that in. Go ahead. That <laughs> woke you up. Now, if I'd have called Mahomes great, everybody said, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but, yeah. but the guy that they can call in the middle of the night, go to the hospital, yeah. knowing him, they just get a weak yeah. move. Oh, come on, man. Come on, oh, come on people. Go. He's great. Yeah. <laughs> there <on>. you go. <laughs> Again, it says, we'll serve as holy priests, offering Christ-approved lives up to God. We going to what kind of life? Christ-approved. That's the question. How are you living? How are you living? That's the question. How are you living? You see, everybody always says blessed, but I ain't never heard nobody say righteous. Well. Okay. All right, here we go. It says the scriptures provide precedent. Look, I'm setting a stone in Zion, a cornerstone in the place of honor. A, a cornerstone is where everything else comes from. If you know Mason's tree, the cornerstone is over in the corner, and then everything else is built from that. And God has set a cornerstone. He says, I set a cornerstone. All right? He says, whoever trusts in this stone as a foundation will never have cause to regret it. Whoever trusts in this what? And this stone is who? It's Christ. That's right. And they'll never what? Never regret it. You'll never regret it. You'll never regret it if you trust in him. 
Where's your trust at today? You see, where is your trust? Okay? To you who trust him, he's a stone to be proud of. A stone to what? Be proud of. I know, that's right. Those who refuse to trust him, the stone the workman threw out is now the chief foundation stone. And how many people threw it out? You see, America needs to check themselves. Right. I'm talking about Christians. That's right. Christians need to check themselves. Okay? And this is kind of a fuss type thing. We need to start getting it right. Get that old stuff out of here and, and philosophies and all this. The book. That's right. All right? It's the book. That's right. All right? He says, for the untrusting, it's a stone to trip over. If, if you don't trust it, it, you'll trip over it. Before I really got into Christ, I tripped over this. Am I the only one? All right? A boulder blocking the way. A what is? A boulder blocking the way. All right. They trip and fall because they refuse to obey, just as predicted. But you are the ones chosen by God. They tripped and fell, but you are the one chosen by God. Do you know Gentiles? We're not Jewish people. We're not the chosen people by God, if you read right. the Bible. Right. But you know, we're adopted. That's right. And you know something about an adopted child? An adopted child, somebody chose that child. That's right. You're really special. When you get adopted into a good family, a family that doesn't have children or something, you know, a circumstance, and they adopt that child. And some of the most loving children have came out of adopted families. Because somebody loved that child and adopted that child. That's right. Well, we came out of a loving God. Because we're not the Jewish people, we weren't the chosen people, but he adopted us. That's right. He That's adopted right. us. All right? Chosen for the high calling of priestly work. And we're chosen for the high calling of what kind of work? Priestly. We're supposed to be, it's work. It's work. We're called to do the work. All right? Chosen to be holy people. And to be holy because you're what? Heavenly Father is holy. We, we want to, no, no. I'm trying to pee. Let me tell you something. Quit getting on this stuff. I didn't come up. I, my, I didn't have a father in my home. I didn't have a good family. You saved? Amen. You got a different DNA. That's right. And you, 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 can, you, you got the DNA of Jesus Christ. You see? So there, it's inexcusable for people to make excuses about what they didn't have. We, I don't care if you came out of a good household. When you get born again, you still have a new DNA. That's right. You have the DNA of Jesus Christ in your right. life. All right? Chosen to be God's instruments to do his work and speak out for him. And you're chosen to be God's what? Instruments, instruments and speak out for him. Who's That's supposed right. to do that? You all supposed to do That's that. That's right. You're God's instrument. God wants to use you to be a spokesman for him. Right? If, if Christian people would, would forget about Sunday. Sunday is the time that I'm talking to you. Every day would do this. You couldn't get in churches. But they're looking for the pastor or for a title. I'm not a missionary. You, yeah, you are. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, because God's got you on a mission. That's right. And that mission is to speak for him. That's right. And sometimes speaking for him is how you live. That's right. Right? So our mission is verse 10. It says, to tell others of the night and day difference he made for you. Huh? 
from but nothing. Tell other than what? Night and day difference he made for you. You got to tell other people who you, where you came from. That's right. The night and day difference he made from you. You understand that? People want to, people need to hear where you came from before you got to where you're at. That's right. They need to know the journey. And then they can respect you because they can say, oh, I can talk to you. Because a lot of people who are not in church, are, they're shamed. But when you tell them where you came from and where God brought you from, from, they'll take that shame. That's right. Away from them and say, oh, there is a way for me. There's somebody right now, probably in your family or somebody in your job, the reason they don't come to church is because they're ashamed to come to church because they think that the person they see now is the person that's always been. You see? Do you understand? You'll like this. The Bible says, from nothing to something. From what? From nothing to something. From what? From nothing to something. Again? From nothing to something. That's our life. We need to tell people, man, I come from nothing to something. From what you see, man, I came from a such and such and such and such the pastor. You see, this guy you see now took a lot of work to get him. This ain't this guy. This, he ain't always been this guy. That's right. You see? You understand what I'm saying? And we, you need to tell people. I got this. I've done this. I've done this. I've done this. God brought me from here. You, you understand? I've stole. I've lied. I've committed adultery. I've committed fornication. I've had an abortion. I've had this and I've had that. And God has taken me and blessed me. I asked for, I repented and asked God to forgive me of all my sins, seen and unseen. And God, God, and God I got saved and the Holy Spirit came into my life and began to work in my life and to cleanse me up. And this is who you see now. And the same God will do it for you. That's what people need to hear. You see? All right. And then he says, from rejected to accepted. Yeah, I used to be rejected, now I'm accepted. You see, into the family of Christ. And this is what needs the church is supposed to be. The church is supposed to have people, you all, ministering to people that were rejected, say, but I know a place where you can be accepted. That's right. Because here's two things. Always remember this, never forget this. There, you accept everybody. You just don't approve of it. That's right. Everyday lifestyle. That's They're right. two different things. I accept the child of God. I just don't have to prove of the lifestyle. There's one of my best friends ever. You always tell me to talk about Big Dennis. That was my partner. Big Dennis would tell a lie on a lie. That's right. And so he would tell a lie, forget he told the lie. But he was a good guy. And I, that me and him got along great, you see, because I knew when he was talking, he lied. But he was fun, and we hung out in the street together. He was my friend, you see. Eventually, he got saved and died. Oh, y'all with me? All right. Verse 11 says, friends, this world is not your home. And remember this, and this is what just drives me. Friends, this world is not your home. You don't make yourself cozy in it. This ain't it. It amazes me that people think this ain't eternity here. This, everything here is temporary. All right? He says, don't indulge your ego at the expense of your soul. Hey, be careful. Don't indulge your ego at the expense of your soul. Be careful. How much is this going to cost? That's right. Because everything costs. That's right. Good or bad, it's going to cost you something. But you make sure it's the good. That's right. Because the good will give you the ticket in. The bad will give you the ticket out. Right. You see? All right. 
Verse 12 says, live an exemplary life in your neighborhood so that your actions will refute their, pre, their prejud so me. It's, it's prejudice. It's how to live. It's how to live in our neighborhood. You see, people, people in our neighborhood know on Sunday we go into church. Now, don't get mad and say, I ain't mad at your pastor. Because they can look at us on Sunday and know we're going somewhere. That's right. That's right. Now, you can look at some of them folk. You don't know where they're headed. That's right. Are you understand? So they know, they know that yeah, we Christians over there, because every Sunday, they're a little carpool. You understand what I'm talking about? Come on. Yeah, some folk, well, you know, it's, now we don't have a dress code here. God may have one, and he's told you you look all right, then you're good. If you didn't, you might want to change your style. Yeah. You see, I'm a mirror guy, so I care less what people think about you. My son tells me, one thing about dad, he does his own style. That's right. That's right. Because I want to represent me as who I am. That's right. You see? You understand? Okay, read that one again because I, I want to make sure that we are. Uh, let me do it. How do the people in the neighborhood think of you? I grew up in the country. I, uh, Jason know what I'm talking about. I grew up in the country, and uh, people in the neighborhoods were different in them small towns because, you know, the, when the snow was like snow and stuff, and now you hire people to do that, well, my father would say, and the other father would say, y'all know Miss so-and-so over there. She'll get, get them shovels and get that snow done. That's right. Shovel that snow over there. That's right. So-and-so's so ill. Go over there and cut that grass. Now they go over top of the house because neighbors are not neighborly. That's right. We ain't seen you in a while. You okay? Okay. So it's important how you look and how you act in your neighborhood. That's right. So your actions. Nobody wants to hear your mouth. What are your actions? All right, keep going, please. He says, then there'll be one over to God's side and be there to join in the celebration. Because of the way you act. Then you can tell, why'd you do this? Well, I'm a Christian. See, I've always believed that Christians can't be heroes. They can't be heroes because it's their duty to save right. other people. That's right. And to help other people. That's, right. That's my duty. Do you understand? If, I'm, if, if something happens and, and Pastor Fields has to pull somebody out of a car, all this, and the news people come and say, you're a hero? I say, no, I'm a Christian. That's right. It's my duty. That's right. You see, when we feed somebody, we're getting ready to do that. I'll announce that now. That sign's out there for you all to sign in with the food. We do that uh, battered women's shelter. We've been doing it for over 30 years. We feed, we get, feed them every Thanksgiving day. That's right. You know, we don't need anybody to pat us on the back. That's right. That's our duty. That's right. And we've been doing it for 30 years. That's right. Because that's our duty. That's right. You see, now, they say thank you and they appreciate it. But that's our duty. That's right. And it's out there. You all know to sign it up. All right? And because when and the reason is good, when you're sitting at home with your family, you remember there's some woman in a battered women's shelter is, and their kids are having a good dinner because of you all. That's right. You're Amen. doing your duty. Amen. All right? Verse 12 from the Passion says it this way. Live honorable lives as you mix with unbelievers. And so, so, and people say, well, I'm not supposed to be a real yard. Jesus says you can be in the world, just don't be of it. That's right. And you got to live an honorable life. Mm -hmm. 
Let them see you living honorable. Okay? Even though they accuse you of being evildoers. Even though they're lying. For they will see your beautiful works and have a reason to glorify God in the day he visits us. Because the truth will find its way out and they'll see you and they'll say, oh, there's something different about you. And they want to follow you to where they're at. Where you go, yes. Yes. The best thing that happened to me was to be a coach at Park University because then you have grown folks because, you know, the 18, 19, 20, you all seen some of them come in here. Right. You know, most of them didn't call me coach. They called me pops. Because, listen to me, they've been running track since they were a little bitty kids. Right? They ran track all the way through high school, right? So most of them already knew what to do, but they didn't have a pops. That's right. And because the love that pops showed them, Pastor Phil showed them, my kids ran hard for me. They didn't want to disappoint their pops. Make sense? That's right. You see? And I like that. And some still call me coach. But Pops was my favorite thing because they saw something in me that they knew I loved them enough that they could be brothers, they could be sons and daughters. That's why they called him Pops. Are y'all with me? Amen. All right. Now verse 8 through 12 from The Voice. Back to the cornerstone. The stone that blocks their way, a rock that trips them. Here we go. We're doing this again. The rock that does what? Trips them. Is anybody here? Don't raise your hand. Don't say amen. Just be silent to yourself. What's tripping you up? Hmm. They stumble because, huh? They don't follow the word of God as they were destined to do. You stumble if you don't follow this. I was running around like a blind man. Does somebody know what I'm talking about? Amen. Stumbling all over the place. This kept me from stumbling. That's right. Right here. All right? But again, you're a chosen people. Now, this is something you got to get. You're a chosen people. You're special. Nobody has to tell you anymore. There's no more, anybody in this church ever again going to be insecure. The Bible, Pastor Fields didn't say it. The Bible says you're a chosen people. You're saved? Amen. You're giving your life to Christ? Amen. You're a chosen people. That's right. All right? And, and, and like the, it says people, he didn't say here he's getting erased from his Jewish, Jewish heritage. He's saying people. That's, That's us. Right. That's right. All right? Set aside to be a royal order of priests. Yes. A holy nation. And this is what we want, Christ Temple North right here, to be a holy nation. God's own. God's who? Own. Who are you? God's own. Who? God's own. Who? God's own. All right, then don't let nobody else own you. That's right. So that you may proclaim the wondrous acts of the one who called you out of inky, stained darkness. Inky. Inky. Stained. That's what it says. Inky. Inky, stained darkness into what? Shimmering, shining light. Into the light. I came from the darkness into the light. That's right. Used to walk in darkness. Didn't know where I was going, stumbling. But I came into the light. Now I know my path is straight. All right. yeah. He says, once you were not a people. As we, and I say amen to that. Amen. Mm -hmm. But now you're God's people. Say amen to that. Amen. Once you had not received mercy. Say amen to that. But now you have received it. Now we have it. Amen to that. All right. 
Beloved, remember, you don't belong in this world. We don't belong in this world. We in the world, but not of the world, right? You are resident aliens living in exile. That's right. So resist those desires of the flesh that resist battle against those the soul. Of what? Get out of your flesh. Because they battle against the soul. Because the flesh battles against the soul. You see? Now, I'm probably the only one in here. Sometimes my flesh wants to just speak in tongues. Amen. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> That's right, Pastor. You ain't alone. You see? But my flesh, because everybody thinks when the Bible says flesh, they think of sex. Nope. It's all sex, drugs, and alcohol. No, flesh means self. That's right. You ever get into self? Amen. And want to just. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Again, live honorably among the outsiders. There's the problem. We got to live honorably among the outsiders. So that even when some may be inclined to call you criminals. Oh, yeah. And a few, some of you all just got positions and titles and all of this. They call you a criminal because you had to do such and such to get there because they are jealous because you got there. So you stowed your way. They don't say stowed, but I'll say stowed. You stowed your way to the top. Y'all know what I'm talking about, you see? No, I didn't steal my way to the top. I didn't have to do any acts to get to the top. Right. I'm a child of God. God raised me from the darkness to the heights That's of the right. top. Okay? The Bible says, when they see your good works. And when they see, you got, they got to see it. Okay? They might give glory to God when he returns in judgment. Somebody could get saved because of how you're living. That's right. Somebody could get saved because of how you're living. Amen. Okay? Then we're told in verse 13 through 17 from the message. Now, this is going to be the fun part. Ready? Here we go. Make the master proud Make of you. Make who proud? The master. Who proud? The master. Who proud? The master. Now, there's what, the, what you need to get in your heads, and you need to tell your children. Make your master proud because too many people, and especially some of you parents, want your kids to be, make them, you proud of something they put you in. You understand that? Make the master proud of you being a good citizen. You know what a good citizen is? A good citizen is a person that goes by the law, that does the right things, even sometimes you may not agree with them. That's right. But it's the law. That's right. You understand what I'm saying? Bible says be a good citizen, a good citizen votes, and doesn't complain. A good citizen votes, right? Uh, it's too many things that issues. Let me use this for a parable. So I ain't gonna get mad at your pastor. I ain't gonna get mad at your pastor. When uh, the young man who was shot by St. Louis, what was that city called? Uh, Ferguson. Ferguson. Mm -hmm. and, and they had a lot of problems in Ferguson. That's right. You know, and, and there was a big racial thing in Ferguson. I should have been there at Ferguson. How can you be 65% African-American and all white folks get voted in? Well, and you're complaining because who's, who's there? Come on. Because you wasn't a good citizen. That's right. And you didn't do your part. Now you're mad because somebody got someplace because of the lack of you. Good citizens take care of business. 
They do what they're supposed to do, and they vote like they're supposed to vote from the heart, pray however you do it, but you can't sit at home and not vote and not do the things you're supposed to do and complain about who gets up in there. That's right. Period. That's right. It, that ain't a race thing, that's a lazy thing. And I won't back off that. Because I go to, I can't think of it was uh, when uh, uh, the guy over at Hop was uh, running for mayor. Alvin Brooks was running for mayor. I was so excited for Alvin Brooks, he's a great guy. And I got up and Gwen said, where are you going? And I said, I'm going to vote. He said, Johnny, I'm going to vote for my man. He said, Johnny, you live in, you live in Gladstone. No, I was on my way out the house. Wrong county. I was broken. That's a true story. That's right. Isn't that true? Right. I was ready to go and vote for my man. And she broke my heart. Johnny, you live in Gladstone. But I was on it. You see, and there were people who could vote who didn't live in Gladstone. That's right. Sister Denise who didn't vote, right. and he lost by 800 votes. But I was on it. Right. I was being a citizen, because he was a good man, and I wanted to vote for him. I just lived in the wrong county, right? That's all right. Go ahead. Pastor, what you're saying is biblical, because it says, respect the authorities, whatever their level. You gotta respect the authorities. Thank you. They are God's emissaries, people sent on a special mission for keeping order. There are some good people in politics. You need to figure out the good one. It may be some of you in here may be called to do it. There are some good people, and you need to be figured out who to do it. There are people that are put in positions that God has people in positions now. Good people to help clean up areas that need to be cleaned up, and we need to respect those people. That's right. You see, and sometimes God brings somebody in that cleans up the things that, that hurts our feelings. Come on. You see, but it needs to be done. That's right. And we need to respect that. That's right. You know, I tell people all the time, don't get to praying and ask God to come in and put things in order. That's right, because you will. <laughs> he'll bring somebody there and put it in order and let you know you out of order. That's right. But God has some good people. Yeah. All right? And let me tell you, and some of you all in here are going to be leaders and you're going to have children that's going to be leaders. And when God puts you on a mission, it's, you're going to be uncomfortable because you're making people uncomfortable. But if God has called you to do some stuff, you got to do it. That's right. That's right. You see? All right. We're told in verse 15, it is God's will that by doing good, you might cure the ignorance of the fools who think you're a danger to society. You know I love that one. <laughs> you know I love that one. We're going to read that one again. Because, see, there's... A, now, come on here. This is not me. I wish I had wrote it. This is not me. There's some fools out here. That's right. There's some fools out here. You see? Read that again so we can get it. This is the lecture that I wanted to slow it down because Christ tip of norm, we're going to get it right over here. We're going to take our responsibility as Christians and as citizens. All right. Again, this is 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 15 from the message. It is God's will that by doing good, mm-hmm. you might cure the ignorance of the fools who think you're a danger to society. They don't know you the medication they need. 
but God has called you to deal with them. Some of y'all laughing and saying, I got to go in the morning and deal with exactly what you're talking about, Pastor. <laughs> Somebody raise their hand back in the back, just done like you said. I know what you're talking about, Pastor. So this message is for you because there are some people in here, y'all sitting in here who need to make some changes, but you don't want to hurt people's feelings. You cannot make a difference in society and not hurt somebody's feelings. That's right. It can't, uh, it, it, it does not work. That's right. That's right. Okay. First, and how many thought the Chiefs played kind of sad last Sunday? Oh, terrible. Sad. Terrible. Terrible. Do you know what uh, uh, the coach, old coach from Alabama would say to his team? You're playing like you're going to hurt somebody's feelings. That's right. We don't do that here. If you haven't hurt somebody's feelings and you're in a position of authority, you ain't doing nothing. That's right. Say, well, but Pastor, I'm not a supervisor. Yeah, you are. Oh, your children run your house, huh? Come on. That was good. God, come on, that was real good. Man. Yeah. If you're in a place of authority, sooner or later, you're going to have to hurt some feelings. That's right. That's right. Because God put you there. And if God put you there, he didn't put you there just to be there to take up space. He put you there because somebody needed to hear the truth and they couldn't handle it. But you're there to deal with it and they don't like you. But guess what? When they don't like you, God loves you. That's right. Amen. Then you can do pastor field thing. It doesn't matter what you think of me. It only matters to me what I think of you. That's right. Right. So I'm preaching to somebody up in here. It's going to hit you in the morning. Probably hit you before the day's over. That's right. All right, keep going. Now, 15 through 17 from the Passion. For it is God's will for you to silence the ignorance of foolish people by doing what is right. We're going to silence the ignorance of foolish people because we're going to do what's right. And sometimes doing what is right is going to hurt. But we're going to silence them by doing what is right. See, I'm not going to do what I want to do or what makes me comfortable. i got to do what's right. And sometimes doing what's right hurts them and it hurts you because it takes your popularity away from you. That's right. And they call you names. When people start calling you names in your position, you ought to say, thank, thank you, you, God. I know I'm doing the right thing because when humans don't like me, you love me because you put me here to do what I needed to do. That's right. All right? You can't like every message pastor gives. Sometimes you ought to run out here and say, I'm, I'm sick of pastor. <laughs> Talking about pastor telling me I need to go vote. Pastor telling me I need to, to go help ignorant folks and, and, and I don't want right. to do this. Pastor telling me I got to go to work and deal with these fools and still act like I'm a Christian in the midst of all of that. Right. Yeah, he's telling you that. That's right. And pastor ain't said nothing. It's all in here. That's right. Because sometimes you ought to be a pastor and you go like, Jesus. All right, keep going. In verse 16, it says, exercise your freedom by serving God. I'm exercising my freedom by doing what? Serving God. And not what? Not breaking the rules. I'm not going to break the rules. All right. Treat everyone you meet with dignity. I treat everybody you meet with dignity. This is the one that hurts. Treat everybody you meet with dignity. Everybody, and ain't no... That doesn't leave anybody out. Treat everybody you meet with dignity. That's right. Even though they're talking about you, backbiters, underminers, and liars, 
You treat everybody you meet with dignity. Because when you allow other people to hurt your feelings, you give them power. That's right. I'm going to treat you with dignity in spite of you. You see. Say, I don't like you, Pastor. You're just playing. Come on now. God. I mean, you're just playing. Come you can't on. even say it. Just say it. Y'all can't even say it. Can't they even can't. say it. <laughs> they ain't doing that. They ain't going to play like that. What is it? Well, uh, I'll say that. Hold it. I don't get y'all in trouble. I don't get you in trouble. Sometimes some of y'all I don't like up in here. <laughs> but in, in the midst of me not liking you, the Bible tells me to treat you with dignity. That's right. That was good. Y'all love y'all's pastor, don't you? Amen. I like that. That was good. But treat everybody with dignity. Everybody with dignity. And let me tell you something. You don't know why some people are who they are. You don't know what they've been through to be who they are. You see, some people are hurting and maybe be living a lifestyle that you don't like, but you don't know what they've been through. That's you right. treat them with dignity. That's right. Do you understand what I'm saying? Here's uh, the three keys. Love your spiritual family. What? Love your spiritual family. That's us in here. That's one. We gotta love our spiritual family, and that's the that's the Baptist, the Methodist, the Pentecostal, whatever. We, we gotta love our spiritual family. That's right. Revere see, God. Fear, do what? Revere God. Revere God. Respect the government. And respect the government. Three keys. But hold on. Oh, this government's messed up. Go live over in Palestine. That's right. Ukraine. That's right. Russia, China. No, we got some fools up there. But this is a better place to live than some of them other places to live. Do you understand what I'm saying? You respect your government. All right? Finally, finally, the last one on how we live our life. Recognize the value of every person. Now, hold it. Everybody look at me. You recognize the value of every person. Because every human being has a value in the eyesight of God. Some people haven't came to God and figured it out, but they have a value. You recognize the value in every human being. And if we would start looking at the value in every human being, we would see good in all people. uh, Franklin, what's her name? Anne Franklin. You remember she wrote a book during the Holocaust. Right? Right? And she said something that was, I mean, look what they went through. And in her book, she says, I can see good in all men. Recognize the value in all. You look around this room. You don't know these people, but God has put a value in everybody in this room. And there's some people that you look at and you, nobody has got the right to look down on anybody, but you don't know their value. Do you understand where I'm coming from? Sister Marvina and I have been, Marvina said never knew me when I was 17, when she was 17 years old. And she would tell you that that brother was something <laughs> at 17, at Hallmark. Yes. But dispensations and dispensations and dispensations and dispensations. Now she sees the value in the guy that once was that guy and now it's this guy. Amen. Amen. Look at the value. Look at the value. As counselor, she's probably counseled a lot of people who were excellent 
brilliant-minded, smart, because nobody could look at the value in them. They couldn't find it in themselves. But if we can look at the value of every human being, then we can help some of those people find that value in themselves. That's right. Do you understand what I'm saying? All right. Pastor, and then we're told to continually show love to every believer. And then we continue to show love to every believer. And everybody, remember, people don't think like you, but I'm going to show love to every believer. Does that make sense? Live your lives with great reverence and in holy awe of God. Honor your rulers. That's what you got to do, you see. And it's tough sometimes, but he's saying, you do what's right, I'll take care of the rest. That's right. You understand? You all with me? On Tuesday, we go for round three. On Tuesday, I go for round three of chemo. And uh, a young lady, nurse, came, uh, the one that was putting in the uh, chemo the first time, when uh, I came in there, and she said, they got 12, 12 is 12? They won't give me 12 rounds of chemo. And this young lady came in and said, the nurse put in and said, we're going to knock this out in, in two treatments. That's what she said. And so some of you all know my PSA was 96. And then the first one dropped to 36. They ain't figured out how that happened yet. But y'all know. So I won't get the results of the second one until next week sometime. And I told Sister Gwen, I hope she's a prophet. That's right. Yeah. And just as kind, and I'm going to tell you something, just as kind, they, when y'all's pastor goes in there, they love to see y'all's pastor. Okay? Because he respects them and he honors them because they're helping me. That's right. Right? And I respect myself and I'm doing everything I can to do for me. And then the head of the team, God has blessed them and he's blessed me. And let me tell you, and I, a lot of people have a lot of hard times with nurses and all these in hospitals. But if you do what's right, God puts the angels around you. Yes. You understand what I'm saying? And so, I, I, and then another thing that I have, um, y'all praying for me, right? Amen. So I got an angel putting the chemo in, a Holy Ghost directing it where it needs to go, and a church full of folk praying for me. There used to be a person called Red Mike with the stuff I use, I can't lose. Amen. <laughs> That's right. All right. 